Listening to the Refuge Podcast, we are all about unifying a generation of college students to be disciple making followers of Jesus. It's our goal each week to equip and empower you to make disciples on your college campus. Whether you're enrolled in a university, taking a gap year, attending school virtually, or simply 18 to 25, grab your AirPods and let's have a conversation. Okay, so if you know us and know our story, know what we're doing here in Hendersonville, North Carolina, you know that we are, and when I say we, I mean mostly me, uh, are always on the look for land, land that we can be purchasing hopefully one day to have a retreat center for college students. Just one of Adam's obsessions. Uh, It is very much an obsession. Uh, I would say it leans to being unhealthy. It has before. (laughs) We've we've, we've reined it in. Uh, There are times where Caitlin says, you have to stop. You have to stop driving around and looking. Or if I say, hey, I'm leaving the coffee shop and coming home, and then it takes me like an hour to get home, I'll get back and she'll just say, Where'd you go? What land did you look at? And it's always, well, I want to go look at this. Uh, But there is this specific piece of land here in the area, actually in Flat Rock, which is the town that we felt like God brought us to Flat Rock and kind of led us to Hendersonville. And uh, there's a piece of property that is not for sale, but it's amazing. And it's 15 acres, and it's just this beautiful property on top of this mountain road. And oh man, the layout of it! I've I have gone really deep into the like who owns it, how long have they owned it, how old are they, where do they live, do they have any family, do they have family that may want it? Oh, there's more land. Oh, okay, they own this too. Uh, let me go up there and look at it. And uh, I will go ahead and confess. If you confess, then you're you're you have immunity, right? So I'll confess <laughs> that I have trespassed on this property. Uh, multiple times. Uh, I have good relationships with some police here in our town, and I've told them, so I've confessed to them as well, and they just laughed, so we're okay. Uh, But I have walked on the property. I have prayed on the property, um, and it's one of those deals where I've been guilty of saying, maybe if I pray enough, or maybe if I pray a certain prayer, God will be like, you know what, Adam? You can have this land. It's going to happen. Uh, I've actually called the guy who owns it, left multiple voicemails, and they live in Florida. He owns a, a company in Florida, and uh, he finally called me back one day, and I was freaking out because I got this phone call from the town where he lives in Florida, and it was him. He was a super nice guy, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is it, this is it, and he was like, you know, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, let me know if you, you change your mind, um, but all that to say um, this piece of property and my dedication or insanity, whichever you want to call it, to praying for it and praying over it, um, has really taught me a lot and kind of led us into a a big session at one of our retreats, which was on the topic of intimacy with Jesus. And I think you're missing an important part of that story because what actually happened is that it became like your, your spot daily for multiple weeks where you went to spend time with God. So you would say, hey, I'm going to go work out, and then I'm going to just go have my quiet time. And by that, I knew you meant you were driving up to this property, going to this certain spot. You would stand on that property, and you'd be there for like 20 minutes just praying and doing your thing with God or whatever. And I thought that 
I was like, okay, you you do, you you go. You thought I was crazy. You thought I was crazy. Just say I mean, maybe a little. One (laughs) time you called me and you were like, this is crazy, but I feel like God told me to like (laughs) just come up here for the next seven days and pray. And I know that sounds insane. And I was like. It is. I mean, sure. I mean, it is a little crazy. (laughs) I was like, but I mean, I'm not like putting God beyond like whatever he's telling you. Obviously, like go do it. Sure. Um, but I think what was really cool during the whole process is I think you realized it wasn't necessarily even about at all what you were praying for while you were out there, um, very consistently, but God was just growing your faith and your intimacy with him so much during those weeks and maybe even months. I don't know how, how long that went. It was months for sure. And, um, it was cool for you to come to that realization of saying, you know what, like I've been like crying out to God about this and my desire for this and that. And ultimately you're like, I don't even think he, he cares. I mean, we know he cares about all, but I don't think it's about, um, all this time has been about this land. I think it's been about me drawing close to him, um, in a very intimate way. And so that was really a cool moment too, just for us to kind of step back and say, Hey, you know what, God, like, it's really not about all these things and this, what we, you know, all the, the stuff we desire in our lives, but it's about seeking closeness with you. And, um, so that leads us into intimacy today. Yeah, it was for sure a a big lesson. And I, I think that I learning the lesson of, and I think we do this. I think this is a common, like in our relationship with Jesus, I think we commonly say, okay, let me evaluate my actions. Let me evaluate what I've been doing, how I've been living. And then we approach God and we go, okay, God, I'm going to ask you for blank. And then in our minds, we go, gosh, what am I, like, what, how am I, am I asking him for something right now when I've been, you know, doing, acting this certain way the past month? And, you know, we do that all the time. Like, and I even think with the way we parent, like, if I'm super frustrated with one of my kids, and then they come up to me and ask me for candy. The last thing I want to do is give them candy right then because mm-hmm. I'm frustrated with them. But the beauty of our relationship with God is that's not how he, you know, I mean, we know about him that his mercies are new every morning. And so, you know, I would drive up there and I would go, okay, God, I, I just feel super frustrated that this is not the land. Like I, I did my whole pray up here seven days in a row thing that I thought you said, and I was obedient to that as Although it sounded weird, I did it, and I still have got nothing. The guy won't respond to me, and I think this is the last time I'm coming up here. And I would go up there, and I would just feel him telling me, like, Adam, stop thinking about the land. Like, I just want to spend time with you. Mm-hmm. And that that idea is where we get this this thought and what we really believe in as far as, like, presenting it and challenging whoever's listening today is – Find ways, and if you're asking him for something, man, ask him for something. Matthew 6 says to seek and knock and ask. And I think that I believe, and and through this scenario, I believe that he doesn't care as much about us seeking, asking, or knocking as he does just coming to him. Mm -hmm. Like He doesn't care what's on the other side of that door. I mean, I think he does care, but he cares more about you coming to him and spending that time with him because he, he wants, again, all through Scripture you see, he wants your heart. So where do we start when it comes to intimacy? Because if I'm being honest, like when I think about that word, sometimes my gut instinct is just like, oh, intimacy with your spouse or like that would really be like the most appropriate like way that I would use that word. <laughs> but I think when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, um, it starts in a place of 
trust and trusting in who God is and believing in what he says is true. And uh, I think that's really the foundation of intimacy with him. Yeah, all relationships in, you know, in our lives, you can't really go any further in a relationship with someone. I'll say it this way. You shouldn't go any further in a relationship with someone unless you have built trust. Like unless trust is the foundation, it's there. And then once you have gained and earned that trust with each other, then you can move forward. And so it's the same thing in our relationship with Jesus is that that's that's the birthplace. That's where it all begins is learning to trust in and know he is good. Again, you can read scripture over and over and see so many times that there are so many reasons why we should trust in him. And uh, C.S. Lewis said this, he says, man is to be understood only in his relationship to God. And so after you have that trust established and built, then you can begin to work through and grow in your relationship uh, with God. Caitlin, what, what for you, like, what did that look like as far as maybe you grew up knowing and I know this because I know your story, but you grew up knowing God and you knew you could trust him, but then what's the difference in trusting him and knowing you do and then growing in a relationship with him? I think it turned for me when I realized that it was kind of more of a two-way street. It wasn't just like me looking to God and saying like, oh, he's just this big holy figure that you know knows all, is all, he's, you know, He's just so grand and great, and he loves me so much. And so I kind of switched from seeing it just like one way of like, okay, this is who God is, and he loves me, to going both ways. And, hey, I love God. Like, this is who he is to me, and this is how he's changed my life. And so it became something that was way more dynamic. And I think trust was there, you know, and so that did lay the foundation to grow into a relationship with him. But it took both of us and me seeking him out, not just when I needed him, but just daily, regularly, knowing that he was a safe place for me to go and that, yeah, it went both ways. Yeah, that's good. And I think that a lot of times we treat our relationship with Jesus like, this is off the top of my head, but like a bottle of Tums. It's like, oh no, I feel like I may have heartburn. Let me go eat some Tums. And it's like, oh no, there's some things going on in my life. Oh no, I got this going on. Or, oh no, I need to get more serious. And so then we jump back in and then time goes by and we're like, oh, I got to get back to... And a relationship is a consistent thing that you're you're committed to growing. Like mm-hmm. you and I, I can't just be a good husband every now and then when I feel like I you know, want to you know, for you to cook me a meal or for you to be nice to me or, hey, I want you to scratch my back. Let me say some nice <laughs> things to you. That was a real, um, <laughs> that was a real thing. So it's a consistent thing that you're doing day in, day out where you're working on it. And the beauty of that is that once you earn trust and gain trust, and then once you work through and grow in your relationship, and a relationship is constantly growing. To the day that you die, you are constantly growing in your relationship with him. But the cool thing from there is that once you are growing in that it will increase your desire to know more about who God is. Um, you know, reading the Bible through in a year, you know, that's kind of a fad thing to do. Uh, several years ago, it was like the thing to do, read your Bible in a year, and that's great. But I think more than anything, it's just it's read your Bible to grow in your knowledge of who God is. And that knowledge is what's going to help you to love Him more, but it, it all comes out of that, you know, working hard to grow in your relationship with Him. 
And I think, too, it's important to say, like, biblical knowledge, it should fuel our intimacy and not our pride and just knowing more. And and it, it's easy to get in that trap of just, like, oh, I need to, like, learn this, learn that, learn this, just so that I can, you know, be smart and, like, know all the things about the Bible and be an educated person. But the whole purpose here is to just grow in intimacy. Um, and it's cool, though, to see the switch. I see it all the time in students, too, that I'm walking with, that it's, like, they, they enter this stage where they're just like on fire for the Lord, maybe for the first time in their life. And so what that looks like to them is just growing in so much knowledge. Every chance they have, it's let me just like listen to a sermon or take notes um, during Bible study and share that with other people. And um, anytime you have a conversation with them, they just want to talk about all that God's teaching them and 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 you know, growing in their own life. And so it's really cool just to see that pattern. I've seen it over and over where the relationship turns into this just desire for more knowledge of him. Um, and then I think the natural next step is that the more that you know about him, the more that you're going to love. And so the fourth step we believe to intimacy with Jesus would be your love for him. Yeah. it. I love the idea of worship, the whole concept of worship, the act of worship, coming together with like-minded people, not like-minded in the sense of we all agree with each other, but in the sense of we're here to exalt Jesus. Worship is that vehicle that drives us towards intimacy with Jesus. It's the thing that that helps get us there. We have worship music playing in our house a lot. Uh, It's insanity in our house a good bit with the three girls sometimes when they're all at home. And uh, school days are what make it possible for us to even record a podcast. So uh, it's a wonderful thing. But a lot of times we just have worship playing in the background on YouTube or Spotify, whatever it may be. And it just helps us. Caitlin has mentioned it helps her get through the day sometimes. Uh, And it's just something that helps you stay centered and focused on Jesus. And it could be, again, a background noise thing where you're not even paying attention to it, but it's helping you um, to stay focused on him because it's that thing that helps you keep Jesus exalted in your life. And what tends to happen is that when he's not being exalted, we're exalting other things in our life, our schedule, our routine, our other relationships. Um, It's really easy for other things to get in the way of him, but worship is the thing that helps us. And I think it's a good, like, definition of worship too is just like our expression of our love for him so if we're growing in love because we're trying to grow more intimate with him I think it's only natural to think that in our own lives we're going to be worshiping him more and I think that looks like music sometimes that looks like how you speak to your friends that looks like the priorities that you've set in your day, what you're surrendering to him, what you're sacrificing, what the cost is every day. So the more you know about who he is, then you're going to learn and know like the things that that he desires of us. And then we desire those things because we want to become more like him. And so naturally, we're just inching closer and closer um, to him. So I think our our last step really would be nearness. Yeah, uh, scripture, it's, the psalmist talks a lot about drawing near to him, and if you know David, you know what he's going through, but uh, Psalm seventy three twenty eight is just that being near God is good. It's getting away, escaping, he's our rescue, but then his nearness is our good. Uh, and then when you look at James 4, 8, and what James, in the book of James, if you want to read a, a, a 
book in the Bible. James is a great place to start, but um, it's that intimacy with Jesus. And that's the thing that we're asking, that we're challenging you to strive for each and every day. And the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of who Jesus is, is there's never a moment in your life, there's never something you've done in your past, there's never a time in your life that's not a good time to approach him. That's what I love about Jesus yeah. is that it doesn't matter if how you know where you are in your life, approach him. He's ready for you and waiting for you. So in closing, I'm just curious, what are some challenges that you face that affect your intimacy with Jesus? I think we can all pinpoint certain things that we struggle with regularly that kind of keep us and hold us back from it, uh, getting to this place with the Lord. Um, so evaluate your own life today. Think about, okay, what is it? Where do I struggle trusting him? How am I not growing in relationship or knowledge or love or nearness with him? And figure out what you can do to take those steps to just draw closer to him. I just want to close with this quote. It's by Louis, which Louis Giglio, we will probably share quotes from him all the time. But oh boy. he says, the only place true stillness of the soul can be found is in super close proximity to the God of all creation. So if you're struggling to find that stillness, um, I would just encourage you to just work on gaining super close proximity to the God of all creation. Hey, thanks for listening to the Refuge Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and were encouraged in some way. Be sure to subscribe and share the podcast, and we will catch you guys next time.